TII Item 249, November 23rd, 2012. Black Friday, 2012. Welcome to Today in iPhone. Yeah, I like it a lot. Today in iPhone. Hey, Gullah! Oh, yeah. My beautiful iPhone, which I never have out of my hand and that I do everything with and has become an extension of who I am. Today's episode is brought to you by the TII app, the official app for the Today in iOS podcast. Search for TII in the iTunes app store. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Rob, and this is a Today in iOS podcast. First up, I want to thank Colin for sending in the music you hear in the background. Colin wrote, Hi, Rob. Here's a track I put together on GarageBand on my iPad 3. Regards, Colin. Thanks, Colin, for the music. And folks, I will try to remember to put the full song at the end of the episode. I also want to thank Mark for sending in the artwork for today's show. Mark wrote, Hi Rob, I created this with the Image Chef app on the iPad. Regards, Mark S. Well, Mark, thanks again for sending in this artwork. Folks, you can see Mark's artwork in the TI app in the Extras for episode 249, or if you subscribe via iTunes on your computer as the album artwork, and also as a standalone post in the VIP section and at facebook.com slash todayinios. If you have some artwork and or music you have created on your iOS device, would like to share it with the audience, please email it to todayinios at gmail.com and make sure to include which app or apps you use to create said artwork and or music. In this segment of How Wrong Were They, we have the following quote. Quote, watch the iPhone 5 launch with a critical eye and you'll see a device that has a smaller, less brilliant screen than competitors. It has a slower CPU and graphics processor. It's more fragile. Unquote. Rob Enderly. Digital Trends, 15th of September, 2012. Okay, so let's see. Slower CPU and graphics processor? Nope. iPhone 5 beats the S3 and all other Android smartphones in benchmark tests and more fragile? No. iPhone 5 wins out there as well. See previously mentioned drop tests. Less brilliant screen? Nope. See previously mentioned screen tests showing the iPhone 5 screen also beats out the comp. Again, when it comes to things like this, Mr. Enderly, yeah, not so good. The only thing he kind of got right was the smaller part, and I still really do think when it comes to the size of the S3 and the Note, they're just too big. Uh, I want something that can fit in my pocket. If I want something bigger, I'll go to the iPad mini. But for a smartphone carrying around day to day, just stick it in your front pocket and go, I like the size of the iPhone 5 and the iPhone 4S. S3 Note, just too big for me. Just saying. For promo codes on episode 248, we offered up chances to win promo codes for the apps Podblaster and My Interactions. I'll be giving out those promo codes sometime uh, next week. If you want more info on those apps, go back and listen to the beginning of episode 248 for the additional details. Also, I have a few more promo codes for the game Dickie Kneewacker left that we mentioned in episode 246. Those are now on a first-come, first-served basis, and they expire on the 30th. So get me those emails quick if you want a promo code for the game Dickie Kneewacker. This week, we have promo codes for the app Lone Rider. Here is the review from the dev. I'm a developer of Lone Rider app. That is L-O-A-N-R-I-D-E-R. The application is designed to manage one's financial liabilities like bank loans, personal loans, unpaid bills, 
etc. Of course, today there are many other applications that claim to do just that. But the main difference, in our view, between all of those applications and ours, besides some unique features, is the way we organize our interface. So please go and check it out. I'm sure you will not be disappointed. At the moment, that is iPhone-only app, but we're working on the iPad version as well, and that will be out early next year. It will be a free update. That's a promise. So thank you for listening, and uh, yeah, please go check it out, and let us know what you think. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks to the dev for his review of the app Lone Rider and for sending in the promo codes to give away. Folks, if you would like a chance for a promo code for this app, send an email to todayinios at gmail.com and put Lone Rider in the subject line. A quick reminder, if you are an app developer, email me if you want your app featured in the promo giveaway segment. There is never a charge for you, the dev. We just need the five promo codes or more to give away. Simply email me at todayinios at gmail.com. And please also include a 60-second or less audio review of your app indicating you are the dev. Also, when you send in the promo codes, please make sure to let me know when they expire. Alrighty now, let's get into the news. Tonight, I was at Walmart, or last night, I guess, in perspective. I was at Walmart for the pre-Black Friday sales that was a Thanksgiving evening sales. We were getting an electric ATV for our youngest son. It was a pretty good deal, and we actually did get it, so uh, I'm happy about that. But one deal at Walmart I just did not get, and so lots and lots of people lined up for, was the iPad 2 for $399 with a $75 gift card from Walmart. So that made the final price really $324 versus, oh, I'd say $329 that you could get the iPad mini for? Really? Waiting online? $324? iPad 2? I don't see why anyone would be waiting online for it. Compared to the iPad 2, the iPad mini really is the better deal. Better pixels per inch density, so it looks better. Half the weight. It is, in my opinion, what you should buy if you're spending around $330, not the iPad 2. Sure, you're taking, you're talking about a 7.9-inch screen versus a 9.7-inch screen. But so what? You get better camera with the iPad mini. You get stereo speakers. Okay, stereo speakers are not all that useful unless you put it on the bridge of your nose. But you do get much better cameras and better Bluetooth. And you get Siri. Yeah, when you add it all up, I just don't get why anyone would want to wait in line to get an iPad 2 for $324 when they can get the better iPad mini at $329. And if you get the iPad mini at Target, that is a big if. You can save, as in if it's available, you can save 5% by using your Target card. So that is a price of uh, 16 or you save $16.45 on the 16 gig Wi-Fi only version up to a savings of $32.95 for the 64-gig cellular and Wi-Fi version. Doubtful Apple will have any discounts on Black Friday for the iPad Mini. I will check when I am near the end of today's episode to see if they did offer anything on the iPad Mini, as by that time, Apple's online store should be, well, back online. Now, if you are looking for a good deal on the iPad 4th Gen, then Black Friday might be a good day for you, with regards to Target, that is, if they have any available. First, order with your Target card to get 5% off. And second, on Black Friday, they are giving a $60 gift card to Target 
for any iPad that does not have Mini in the name. And they have available. So you have to have it available, so online or at the store. Again, I say stay away from the iPad 2, but if you are looking for the iPad 4th Gen, then the deal from Target, right now at least, seems to be the best one I could find. For a 64 gig Wi-Fi version of the 4th Gen iPad, you save a total of $95 by getting it at Target when you combine both the iTunes or the uh, Target card and the $60 gift card that they give you. At Best Buy, they're offering up a free $50 a gift card with a 32 gig 5th gen iPod Touch. That seems to be one of the best deals I've seen out there as well. Again, if you hear of any good Black Friday deals, let me know and I will send out a push message. And of course, check the Apple website to see what they are offering up today, especially if you are interested in a laptop. Of course, if you are near Fry's, definitely check out their deals. Sometimes they offer the best deals on Apple product on Black Friday. Into the email bag. Hi, Rob. The app I use to get the best Black Friday deals is called Black Friday Survival Guide by Sazzy Inc. Regards, Jeremy N. Hi, Jeremy. Thanks for the heads up. And folks, it is a free app in the App Store. Just search for Black Friday Survival Guide four words in the iTunes App Store. Back to the email bag. Hi, Rob. Sam's Club is having a $20 off sale on $100 packs of iTunes gift cards on Black Friday. Not sure if this will be at all Sam's Clubs, as they sometimes differ by locations. Regards, Tim in Wisconsin. Tim, thank you very much for the heads up on that, and Jeremy as well for the heads up on the app. Apple was supposed to, at midnight, Pacific time, switch over the app store to the Black Friday deals. It's now 10 minutes past midnight West Coast time to 10 a.m. my time, and the app store is still down. Or I should say the Apple store is still down, even from the Apple store app. So hopefully by the time we're done recording here, which should be about another two hours, we'll have an update. Just not sure when in the show it will be. I'll keep checking the Apple store app on my iPhone and during the recording and hopefully some point in time it will update and we'll be able to see if there's any special deals that uh, we haven't heard about. Under the not so good fellas category comes word that there has been at least one arrest with regard to the iPad thefts at JFK last week. Apparently the suspect kind of tipped his hand a few days earlier by asking his co-workers when the iPads are coming in and where he could find a forklift. Yeah, not the brightest bulb on the tree. For those of you with the iCade, there is a free version of Midway Arcade now available that supports iCade. It is called Midway Arcade Free, aptly named. Basically, it gets you Joust for free, which makes it totally worth the download. You can then do an in-app upgrade to get Space and Espionage Pack, which is one pack, Space and Espionage Pack, which offers up Defender and Spy Hunter. They have some other game packs as well, but really none of them are going to hold a candle to uh, Defender and Spy Hunter. I am holding off trying this app out or the upgrade to this app out until I get this episode out because I don't want to, well, delay getting this episode out. I really love Joust and can still remember my days plunking down more than a few quarters at the Subway Arcade on uh, Sunvet Mall on Long Island with Greg and Joe and Robbie back in my earlier years. 
Hi, this is Tom. Uh, I bought the iPad Mini along with Apple Smart Cover, and I have to say I'm very disappointed in the Smart Cover. The fit is not very good, and the magnets are extremely weak. Seems more like a cheap Chinese-made import than something Apple would make. I do wish they'd improve that. The iPad Mini is great. Have a good one. Tom, thanks for your feedback. Into the email bag we go. Hi, Rob. Yes, I do have the Smart Cover, and it works perfectly as designed. Wi-Fi only is not a problem. I use my iPhone hotspot if needed on a bus, and my iPad 3rd Gen is LTE. Although I miss Retina and usually have iPad 3rd Gen with me, I use the Mini 90% of the time I use an iPad. But the 10% I use the 3rd Gen, it is critical due to screen size, example reading or annotating PDFs and certain websites. Regards, Robert N. Robert, thank you for your feedback. So it seems between you and Tom, you have different experiences with the iPad mini smart cover. So it sounds like Apple's tolerances on the manufacturing of smart cover, well, they're probably a little bit too loose or the QA is a little bit off. Either way, it sounds like some people are having issues with their smart cover and others are not. My recommendation, if your smart cover is loose fitting and the magnets don't seem to be holding very well, bring it back to the Apple store. If there's an Apple store near you, and ask to get it exchanged for a new one. And sometime after 2.20 a.m. Central Time, 12.20 a.m. Uh, Pacific Time, the Apple Store came back up, and here are what we have for Black Friday deals. The iPad with Retina Display, you're going to save $41 on that. The iPad 2, you're going to save $31. The iPod Touch 5th Gen, you're going to save $31. The iPod Touch 4th Gen, you're going to save $21. The iPod Nano, well, I'll mention it since I'm here, you're going to save $11. Some other items that you'll save money on. The iPad Smart Cover, that's just the front, you'll save $11. The iPad Smart Case, that's the front and the back, you'll save $15. And the iPad Smart Cover Leather, you'll save $21. The Apple Ear Pods with remote and mic, those are the new ones that just came out. You'll save $7 on those. They're now $22. And then the Apple in-ear headphones with remote and mic, you'll save $11 on those. They're now $68. And for discounts on Black Friday 2012 for iOS devices and accessories, that's it. Those are all the discounts. You will also save $101 on any Apple laptops that they have the discounts for which in this case is the MacBook Pro, the MacBook Pro with Retina, and the MacBook Airs. So you can save $101 across the board there on those laptops. Pretty much as expected, no discounts for the iPad mini. Technically, I did miss one accessory for iOS devices, and that's Apple's Bluetooth wireless keyboard. Save $11 on that. It's now $58. Again, if you know of any other Black Friday deals that are better than those, for iOS devices and accessories, please let us know, 206-666-6364, that's 206-MOON-DOG, or send an email to todayinios at gmail.com. Back to the email bag. Hi Rob, I have a tip for the listeners. I just recently discovered I can customize specific signatures for each of my emails. I can now have my work email signature be for work, and my business or personal email be something different. I'm not sure when this became possible, but it is now. Regards, Joshua. Hi, Joshua. Thanks for the email. And that became available in iOS 6. Yeah, that's not there in iOS 5.x. And folks, if you would like to access that, just go to the Settings app, then go to Mail Contacts Calendars, 
When you're in there, scroll down until you find signature, tap on signature, and then you'll see the option to add a signature for all accounts or per account. Select per account, and then go ahead and put in the signatures for each of your accounts. It's pretty simple to set up and do. Back to the email bag. Hi Rob, with regards to the iTunes app store and showing purchased apps history, I agree with the caller as mine never populates either, been months since it worked. Regards, Alex N. Hi Rob, I love using the Apple store app to buy my stuff and check on things, but can someone please tell me why there's still no freaking iPad version of this app? I can't even view it in landscape mode. How does Apple of all companies not highlight the iPad's mighty graphics with a showcase app of their own? It's like a bad joke. Is there any history on this? Regards, Steve in San Pedro, California. Well, Steve, in iOS 6.0.1 at least, the App Store app for me on the iPad 3rd gen does go into landscape mode. So I'm not sure why you're not seeing that. Granted, the app does run slow, much slower than I think it should. It still seems to work though for me. Back to the email bag. Hey Rob, this is in regards to the App Store purchased list not loading and crashing to the home screen. I had the same issue. I am convinced it may be related to the amount of apps you have downloaded in the past. I have over 600 and a good majority were deleted after I decided I did not need slash want them or ran their course of usefulness for me. I think it is a bug in iOS 6 overall. I went to my iTunes app purchase list on my computer and hid previous purchases that were things I never wanted to download again. I noticed when I got my purchase list down to about 500 apps, I could access my purchase list again on my phone, albeit a lengthy load screen of over 20 seconds. There is a bug lacking feature where you can no longer swipe to hide apps from the purchase section on your iPhone, iPad. So I hope this returns soon as I would immediately hide apps I don't want from my device. Regards, Ron. Hello, Ron. Thanks for the tip on the over 500 apps causing an issue for those not seeing their purchase history in the iTunes App Store app. For those of you that are having this problem, do you know if you have more than 500 apps in your download history? That includes free apps as well. If so, give me a call, 206-666-6364, that's 206-MOON-DOG, or email me at todayinios at gmail.com. Now, I should say, for me, I'm not seeing this issue. I tested uh, the App Store app on my iPad 3rd gen running iOS 6.0.1, my iPhone 4 running iOS 6.1 beta 2, and my iPhone 4S running iOS 5.1.1. On all three devices, I could see the apps I have purchased or the free ones I've downloaded, and that list is much greater than 500 apps. So not sure why some are seeing this issue and others are not. Hi Rob, my name is Mallory. I'm four years old. I wanted to tell you about an awesome app for kids called Bugs and Buns. It's actually a collection of 18 games. They're really educational and fun. And the games help develop fine motor skills. One of my favorite games is called Pinch and Grab. And is where you have to pinch the bugs and put them in the jar. I also like playing tic-tac-toe with buttons. Sometimes I drag and fly. Mom said the graphics are really cool. 
Bugs and Buns by Little Bit Studio is available in the App Store for $2.99. Keep up the good work. Goodbye. Well, thank you very much for that app review for Bugs and Buttons. Folks, if you have a favorite app of yours that you would like to review on the show, give us a call, 206-666-6364, that's 206-MOON-DOG, or send an email to todayinios at gmail.com. We can talk about rumors from unnamed sources per Apple's likeliness to include NFC in a future iPhone, or we can look at what they do, or in this case, have someone do, they are about to acquire, and that is with regards to the company Authentech which we previously mentioned Apple was acquiring for $358 million, which is a huge amount for Apple with regards to an acquisition, one of the top five all-time for Apple. Well, they just had Authentech sell off part of their company to Inside Secure, and what is left from what Apple's purchasing is NFC and fingerprint authentication. Again, there's no sure way to know what Apple will do but they clearly are spending $358 million for something, and that something is now more specifically centered around NFC and fingerprint authentication. Maybe if the iPhone 2013 is called the iPhone 5S, the S will mean secure. And speaking of Apple acquisitions, we also mentioned recently that Apple was rumored to be buying some part of Color Labs. Well, that rumor is now confirmed in legal documents filed in a lawsuit between Bill Witherspoon one co-founder of Color Labs, and Bill Nguyen, the other co-founder. The legal docs say key assets of the company have already been sold to Apple, so it looks like Apple has now got part of Color Labs under their fold. Not sure what is going on with AT&T and FaceTime. First, there were reports that if you had any LTE device, i.e. the iPhone 5, and any tiered data plan, you could now use FaceTime. Next came a report that if you have the iPhone 4S and any data plan, even the old grandfathered unlimited plans, you could use FaceTime over cellular. Supposedly, in order to get FaceTime running on the iPhone 4S, users must turn off their handset and then turn it back on. I did this and nothing. It still tells me I need to get on Wi-Fi to make a FaceTime call. Now, it may be that you need to be running iOS 6.x for this to work, as I am still jailbroken and running iOS 5.x on my iPhone 4S. If anyone with an iPhone 4S running iOS 6.x does a reboot and is able to get FaceTime to now work for them over cellular with AT&T, please let us know. 206-666-6364, that's 206-MOON-DOG, or send an email to todayinios at gmail.com. And hey, here's one in already. Hi, Rob. I tried it this morning, and I got into Grand Central Station in New York City, and it worked well with a picture with a crisp, not perfect, but no leg time or pixelization. By the way, I am on grandfathered unlimited data plan and just got the iPhone 5. Happy Thanksgiving to your entire family. Regards, Carlos D. Into the email bag. Hi, Rob. From appadvice.com. Hostess Twinkies aren't the only hot item on eBay as Apple joins the fun. Regards, Jim. And what Jim is referencing here is an article about Apple setting up shop on eBay to offer up refurbished Apple wear. 
The pricing and warranty offerings are identical to what you will find on Apple site, but Apple site tends to kind of sort of, you know, bury the refurbished product offerings. And most people don't even know where to look for them or even that they should look for them on the Apple site. But on eBay, that is where people that are looking for a deal go, and it makes perfect sense for Apple to set up shop there. And well, if you have a PayPal account and like to use it to pay for things and are looking to buy refurbished Apple product, you might want to head over to eBay and search for refurbished Appleware. Look for the seller name or seller with the name refurbished underscore outlet. Or look for the link in the show notes uh, for episode 249 over today on iOS.com with the title Apple Refurbished Outlet Store on eBay. And that'll take you right to the Apple Refurbished Store on eBay. I don't like to talk about apps until they are released. And this next one falls into that category. It was one I held off talking about until the app actually hit. And it is Nokia's map called Here, H-E-R-E. It is a free app, and again, it is now available for download, and it is considered a very good map app by some, just not the majority putting up reviews on iTunes, where it has 266 one-star reviews versus just 117 five-star reviews. But did I mention it was free? And if you are looking for something to use instead of Apple's new map app in iOS 6, then you might want to try this one out and see if it meets your needs. Would love to hear your thoughts on here and if you think it is better or worse than the iOS 6 Maps app from Apple, especially if you are an urban dweller, uh, because that seems to be where the Apple's Map app falls down uh, the biggest. As always, give us a call 206 666 6364 206 Moon Dog or send an email to todayinios at gmail.com. Let me know what you think about here. Thanks to Chris in London for this next one, which is about some cool new tech from Japan Display that shows off a phone integrated with a touchscreen that's just 1.5 millimeters thick. That's thinner than a US dime for the whole thing. There's a video showing it working, and while the article says they think they could be in production of this in about a year, I think there's a couple of key things that make a 1.5 millimeter thick phone not really practical at this point. Top one is the camera module. How many people are going to be willing to give up their camera on their smartphone at this point? Now, we are all trained to take pics anywhere and everywhere we are with our smartphones. Yeah, iPhone 1 would not upgrade to an iPhone 6 if it was sans a camera, regardless of how thin it is. Then there is the issue of a headphone jack. I really don't want to have to use a Bluetooth headphones. I like not having to worry about charging up headphones. And finally, the issue of the dock connector. Sure, I guess you could make it where it inductively charges and syncs via Wi-Fi and then you can get rid of the dock connector altogether. But I don't want a phone I have to carry around an inductive charging mat for. You really do need a dock connector for a smartphone so you can plug it in and to charge it up when it really needs to be charged up. So from a technology point, what Japan Display did was very cool. And I think some of that tech will make its way to future iPhones. I don't think overall it is a practical solution. What I think it does in the future is help the iPhone get thinner, 
like say as thin as the iPod 5th gen or even better yet, as thin as the iPod Nano. The iPod Nano is at 5.4 millimeters, not as thin as 1.5 millimeters, but I think practically speaking, 5.4 millimeters is about as thin as you can get the iPhone 2 in the future. And really that will depend on the camera module tech more than probably anything else. By the way, the current iPhone 5 is 7.6 millimeters thick versus 9.3 millimeters for the iPhone 4 and 4S. So with the iPhone 5, we really are pretty close to the practical thinness level of about 5.4 millimeters. I know some people like to go through the back catalog of the show. So anyone in the year 2015 or 2016 listening to this episode right now, send me an email and let me know how I did on this prediction of how thin you can get an iPhone to. Thanks, David, for this next one, which finds its way into the too funny category. And it is a story about Oprah and her tweet, which was, quote, gotta say, love that surface, have bought 12 already for Christmas gifts, unquote. And the funny part, that tweet was sent from an iPad. Oh! Hi, Rob. My name's Max. I'd like to suggest an iPad app to you and the listeners. It's called Cell Powers, one word. Um, I don't think it's on the iPhone, but uh, it costs two ninety nine, And basically, it shows you an iOS map view of your location, and it shows AT&T and Verizon cellular towers in basically drop pins on, on the map. So it's a pretty cool app. You know, definitely if you're at home and you don't have any service and you're maybe wondering why you don't have service, it can kind of show you on the map. It's it's pretty neat. I don't know why it doesn't show Sprint, but maybe that's a future update. Yet yeah, definitely check it out. Thanks. Love the show. Bye. Max, thanks for the heads up on the app Cell Towers. It's actually two words in the iTunes App Store. Cell and the second word Towers, T-O-W-E-R-S. And it is $2.99 in the App Store. And it does actually work with the iPhone and the iPod Touch and the iPad. And it requires iOS 4.0 or later. As always, any app we mention on the show, we'll have a link to in the show notes. Today's episode is 249. Just look for episode 249 show notes over at todayinios.com or, or in the TII app for episode 249. Look on the little E in the lower right-hand corner, tap on that, and that'll bring up the option for you to check out the link list, which has all the links that you can follow along the episode with. And I try to put them in about the same order as we mentioned them. Uh, apps are at the bottom group and URLs to articles at the top group. Hi, Rob. I was surprised to find out while traveling and using my Bose Bluetooth headset Series 2 with my iPhone 5, I pulled over to deal with a phone call. Well, after the phone call, the music that was playing resumed, and I decided to walk away from the car to read a public land information sign that was about 30 feet away from the car where I left my iPhone 5. Well, I assumed I would lose Bluetooth connection as I moved closer to the sign, but it kept playing clear as a bell to the sign and on the way back to the car. On some of the other iPhones and headsets, uh, Jawbones to be specific, I would almost lose connection by turning my head or having my phone on my left side with the headsets on my right ear. This is an improvement over past devices. I am going to test how well they do at home uh, with the iPhone sitting in one place, and I'll update uh, you on that test at some time after Thanksgiving. Regards, Thomas in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Well, Thomas, thanks for the heads up on that. And again, that was with his Bose Bluetooth headset series two. Hi, Rob. 
I held my first iPad mini this week. I was picking up the new 12 watt charger and was standing by a table full of minis. The size and weight were a mind blower. Brilliant display and I held it also very well in just one hand. Despite all the pros and cons, I think once more people can hold the mini, a lot more will be sold by Christmas. Regards and cheers, Harold. Hey Rob, this is Chris out here in California, and I just want to say I was listening to episode 248, and I'd have to say uh, you guys were talking about battery and charging. When I first got my iPhone, it would charge up really quick, but it would die just as quick. Then I conditioned it, and um, you know what? I'm getting <laughs> I'm getting some really good battery life now. So I just want to say the comment uh, the listener was making in episode 248 is right on. So go ahead and pass that on to your listeners. You do an excellent show, and um, I'll see you next time. On episode 247, I mentioned a Kickstarter project with a bad name from Doc Plus. Well, bad name aside, they have reached a goal of 75K. So if you are interested in this one, you can now order. Well, place an order that you know will be filled. It is $59, and the name of it for reference is Charging Dock for iPhone 5, iPad, and iPod Touch 5th Gen or something like that. Just search for Doc Plus, D-O-C-K, and the plus symbol. And obviously, this is for iOS devices with the new Lightning port connector. This next startup project is from Alex at Gizmosis, which is offering up the project Otto, O-T-T-O, which is an Android car infotainment system. So if it's Android, why am I mentioning it? Well, because it syncs with the iPhone as well. And well, in the video they show Stitcher integration and at time code two minutes and 46 seconds, you see the Today in iOS podcast listed. Yeah, team. Okay, so I'm a sucker for getting this podcast some vid time. Anyway, if you are looking for a voice-controlled in-car infotainment system, check out the link to Otto in the show notes. Also, this goes on Indiegogo, so don't look for it over on Kickstarter, so it's on Indiegogo. And you can search for Otto on Indiegogo. And good luck, Alex, with this project. Email us and let us know how it goes. It looks like lightning accessories are finally starting to roll out. So if you have an iPhone 5, iPad mini, iPad 4th gen, or or 5th gen iPod touch, and you've been frustrated by the lack of accessories supporting the new lightning port, well, your frustrations may finally start to be abating. Well, a little bit at least. Pricing still seems a little high versus what you can find with traditional 30-pin ports, however. Look for the link titled Lightning Accessories Macworld in the show notes for episode 249 over at todayonios.com or in the link sections of the extras for the TII app. Either way, you will see some examples of lightning accessories from Belkin, I Love, Sochi, and Harman Internations. Obviously, many more to come in the very near future, as I am sure accessory manufacturers are doing all they can to get them out before Christmas. If you have a favorite lightning accessory for your fall 2012 iOS device, please let us know, 206-666-6364, that's 206-MOON-DOG, or email us at todayinios at gmail.com. Hi, Rob. This is my latest favorite app. It's kind of chess meets boggle. It takes a while to understand the strategy or even develop one, but when the penny drops, it's brilliant. This game has provided much needed distraction. Love it. It's called Letterpress, one word. It's free in the App Store. 
Regards, Tash. Hey, Steve. This is Stephanie from San Antonio. This would be where I'd normally put in a snarky comment about her calling me Steve instead of Rob, but I'll let it slide. Um, just calling in because you mentioned about kids and the iPads and smart devices affecting their motor skills. And I was just thinking that the other day when I walked into Best Buy, there's a bunch, they have a whole setup of a bunch of interactive toys that you can use on the iPad, like cars of some sort. Also, there's another special tool for like a coloring book. You can use the iPad. Um, there was just all kinds of different gadgets for kids to use the iPad. I'm not sure. I have like little ABC apps that my four-year-old uses with his finger because he's destroyed the stylus. But I would, I really get him to use a paper and pencil a lot of the times because I think that using the iPad is hindering his experience with actually learning how to write. Anyways, those are my thoughts. Just thought I'd put my two cents in. Thanks. Bye. Thanks to Gary for the heads up on this next one, which is if you are using Messages app on your Mac running Lion, you may have seen a message or email letting you know that Messages beta on Lion ends on December 14th. So essentially, if you need to run Messages on your Mac, you need to upgrade to Mountain Lion prior to December 14th. I am still running Lion, not upgraded to Mountain Lion but I am getting close to the point where I probably need to do that. Kind of was holding back on upgrades as when I do an upgrade, I'm always worried that one of my pieces of my product, podcast production workflow will get busted. And then it'll be a bunch of work to find a workaround. So one of these Friday evenings after a new episode has gone up the day before, I'll do the upgrade just so I have all weekend to work things out. Hi, Rob. I have an iPhone 5 running iOS 6.0.1. It was easy creating the issue that you referred to about rapid diagonal scrolling causing the screen to lock up. It hasn't been an issue in day-to-day -day use, but I just thought I would try and see if I could create the problem. The screen lockup was only temporary. It felt like the processor was just trying to catch up. Best regards, Bob. I just want to remind you, if you are a regular listener of this show, the best way to consume this show is via the TII app. There is not just the push notifications you get, but there's also the link list, which helps you follow through. And when you get a push notification, you can go back and through the alerts and see what those past push notifications were. So again, if you like this show and you listen to it on a regular basis and you haven't done so already, go to the iTunes App Store, search for TII. The app is just $2.99 in the iTunes App Store. Hey, Rob, love the show. My name is Brian. I'm calling from Colorado, and I have a question on my iPhone 4. I'm running 5.1.1, and I'm still jailbroken. And the problem is when you take a picture in portrait mode, and if you upload it to the web or email it to somebody, it comes out in landscape mode. And I've searched and searched and searched online, find some people talking about it, but nothing recent wondering if it's because I'm still running 5.1.1 or if there's another solution. I thought I'd go to you because I knew that I would definitely get a good answer. Thanks a bunch. Love the podcast. Keep up the good work. See ya. And Brian, when you say definitely get a good answer, if you mean on the next episode based on some listener feedback, I'm going to hopefully agree with you because you're not going to get a good answer on 
this show because or this episode because I'm not 100% sure. So I'm going to go ahead and throw this one out to the audience. If anyone has a good answer for Brian, I would love to hear it, and I'm sure Brian would too. 206-666-6364, that's 206-MOON-DOG, or send an email to todayinios at gmail.com. If you are an app dev or thinking of becoming an app dev, there is a really good article in the New York Times from November 17th titled, As Boom Lures App Creators, Tough Part is Making a Living. And well, I think it is a must read for anyone thinking of developing apps for iOS. App development is a lot like podcasting. Don't quit your day job to do it. Not until you are making a lot more than you currently make in your day job. It is a long article, and I will not get into the specifics. Just look for the link in the show notes for episode 249 titled Boom Lures App Creators. Speaking of newspaper articles, the New York Daily News just did a hit piece on an app called Snapchat, which some are saying encourages sexting, especially among teens. Why they say it is especially among teens and not older folks I can only imagine has to do with the older you get, the less likely someone is to want to actually see you naked. Anyway, the app supposedly works by letting a user time how long a picture can be displayed. So if, say, a teen is sending pictures of their private parts to another teen, they can set it for the image to stay live for only 10 seconds. Of course, that is more than enough time for the recipient to hit the home button and the power button at the same time and take a quick screenshot. So that is why I say supposedly works. Not sure what value is in this, since the recipient can easily and quickly snap a screenshot. So not really sure why the Daily News decided to go after this app, especially now, since it's been out for over a year. But really, it is not apps like this that cause teens to sext. It is a little thing called hormones. When we were teens, we would have sexted if the tech was there. Well, at least the same percentage of us would have compared to those that are doing it now. Overall, kids today are no more or less moral than those of any other generation. But the ones on the less moral side of the spectrum, they just have better tools than those of past generations. Hi, Rob's Matt in Beaverton. Had a comment on episode 248 and the way iTunes Match actually works. There was a comment about it changing to streaming or being streaming. It actually does not stream. It downloads the music uh, when you play it. The difficulty is it's very hard to tell what's been downloaded and what has not been downloaded to the device. One way to verify this is to go into settings, turn off iTunes Match, and what remains on your device is what's actually been downloaded. You might be surprised what's actually there. As stated correctly, this is also the only way to manually delete the music. You must turn off iTunes Match and then delete the items. You can selectively download an entire album at a time without turning off iTunes Match. And now in 6.0.1, you can selectively download a single song, but you cannot delete unless you turn off iTunes Match. And this is intentional, I believe, because they've chosen simplicity over flexibility. And I think it's kind of the same analogy to memory management, that they'll allow the device to delete them for you. If you actually look at the iOS 6 manual, there's a section there that talks about that the uh, iPhone will delete the music when memory is needed based upon least played or last downloaded or, or some algorithm. Thanks, Rob. Really appreciate the show. Matt, thanks for the feedback. Hey, 
Rob. It's Jeff from San Antonio, Texas. I'm thinking about getting my wife an iPad Mini, but I refuse to pay for a contract that is not unlimited. What I'd like to do is get a new Sprint line added to my family plan for $20 a month and take that card out and stick it in the iPad Mini and uh, use it for the data. I was wondering if that's possible. Please, if you could, get back to me ASAP on that because I'd really like to buy that iPad Mini in the next couple of days if I can do that, and, and I certainly will. All right, thanks, brother. You have a good one. Jeff, I'm not sure on that one. If there's any Sprint experts out there, if you could let us know, give us a call, 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOON-DOG. Or send an email to todayinios at gmail.com. Please let us know if what Jeff wants to do is possible. Jeff, please make sure you send me an email. And once I hear back from someone, I will let you know right away. Otherwise, you're going to have to wait until the next episode, which is probably not going to be up until sometime late next week. Hey, Rob. Pete from Boston. Got a review for you on... Um Bluetooth receiver, uh, KDA735BT. Uh, it's a JVC. The reason I'm doing the review related to the iPhone is that I've got an iPhone 4S, um, and I was inspired by your last show. You had a caller that was talking about a speaker that he mounted on the visor and how good its Bluetooth was. It even picked up in the house, and I was thinking, boy, what a pain that is. Um, I've been living with, with this thing for a while. It's, uh, it also uh, pairs to my uh, uh, phone, but like a built-in receiver that you might get from uh, Toyota, for instance, has a really nice one on their new, uh, the new Camry. I've rented one, and it worked well and inspired me to get this right in my truck. And unlike that uh, receiver that your caller had called in about, mine doesn't pair until the, the car's turned on. I guess that's an advantage to having it wired into... Um, you know, into your vehicle. I really like this. I've lived with it for now for a couple of weeks. Um, it's just, uh, it's very nicely integrated. Supports all the profiles, like obviously AD, A2DP, as well as the hands-free profiles, object push, phone book, and AV. I'm not sure the, the iPhone even uses all those, but it uses enough that um, right from the controls, first of all, I got the steering wheel controls. It works well with that, um, but also I can invoke Siri, really key, right? Um, and I can invoke Siri even when I'm listening to FM. I don't have to be listening to the feed from the uh, phone itself. And uh, I can make and receive phone calls, and it'll kill the audio on the FM. It's got a nice mic, and that works well with Siri. So it's really nice uh, stereo. I'm not a big uh, install after the mark aftermarket stereo guy, so that was sort of a pain hooking that up. But uh, worth looking into to if you want to live a better life when you're commuting to work and you use Siri on your phone completely integrated without ever taking it out of your pocket. So again, uh, thanks for all that you do. Really appreciate your uh, show. Continue to been listening almost since the very beginning. Thanks again, Rob. See ya. Pete, thanks for the review. And folks, that is the KDA735BT from JVC. Again, KDA735BT, and that's from JVC back into the email bag. All right, now that you've broken your iPhone 4S, how much is it going to cost to fix it, and where will you send it to get fixed? Regards, Robin. Hi, Robin. I'm kind of still in between trying to get a good price on a screen and fixing it myself, or just leaving it as is and keeping the screen protector on it, or deactivating it uh, from my account, my AT&T account, and using my old iPhone 4 that I have instead at least until the next iPhone launches. For now, I'm sticking with option two, which is using it broken, cracked, with a screen protector on there to protect my fingers from getting cut. 
I can't say this. It's not going to be very long before I give up trying to look at text in between cracks on the screen. So I'm going to have to make a change here in the near future. Hi, Rob. I and others have been having an issue with the screen brightness after pressing the home button to show the lock screen. The iPhone 5 sometimes goes half dim or almost full dark. Auto brightness is turned off. The only way to return it to normal brightness is to go into settings and move the brightness slider. This is on an iPhone 5, non-jailbroken, running iOS 6.0.1, but this also happened when it was running 6.0. Any help from you or fellow listeners would be greatly appreciated. Regards, Thomas in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Well, Thomas, since I don't have the iPhone 5, I'm going to have to send this one out to the listeners. If anyone else with the iPhone 5 has had this issue and found a fix, please let us know. 206-666-6364, that's 206-MOON-DOG, or send an email to todayinios at gmail.com. Quick reminder, again, if you come across any good Black Friday or Cyber Monday deals with regards to iOS devices, please let us know at the aforementioned number and email. Finally, I want to give a very big thank you to those that replied to my push message this past weekend when I sent it out looking for some help on my startup weekend project. I will be getting back to each of you personally once we launch and how to be the first to sign up. As you may gather, I did actually pitch my idea, which I wasn't sure I was going to, and it was one of the ones to make it uh, past the cut and to get some devs to help out. We worked on the project all weekend, and in the end, we did not win. Wah, wah, wah. A big part of the reason we did not win was that when I did my presentation, I assumed the judges understood the mobile app market space and the size thereof. Big mistake on my part. I really needed to spell it out, and I did not. That said, I think the idea has legs. We are quite a bit of the way through the building of the site, all the backbone working and the databases and all that stuff is pretty much done. And the devs continue to work on this project, albeit with a new name from the one I sent out in the push. Thanks to those of you with the feedback on that name. And um, we changed it because of what you guys said. And we will be launching this new service very soon. And at this point, we are into, I guess, what you're going to call stealth mode. If you can call sending a push message out to 9,000 people stealthy. Once we are ready to launch, I will email those that sent emails first uh, this past last weekend and give you all the details, and then I will talk about it on the show. But I really want to thank uh, all of you for helping out, and I really do think this idea will help out the devs a lot on getting word out about their apps, and I think it will help users discover many new apps. I really believe it is a win-win for everyone. As I said, New name and additional info to be gone over in a future episode. And once again, thanks so much for those of you with a quick uh, support on a Sunday afternoon. Once more, you proved that the TII audience is the best podcast audience in the world. And that, folks, is going to go ahead and wrap it up for us. As always, if you have any tips, tricks, app reviews, product reviews, anything you want to share with the audience, you want to answer questions that were presented in today's show, especially from other listeners, please give us a call, 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOON-DOG. Or send an email to todayinios at gmail.com. Until the next time, I'm your host, Rob, from Today in iOS, reminding you to phone different. 
This show is hosted on Libsyn.com and part of the Wizard Media Network. If you are looking for hosting, go to Libsyn.com, that's L-I-B-S-Y-N.com, for hosting for your podcast and for creation of your own smartphone app. The Today in iOS podcast can also be found on the free Stitcher radio app. Just search for T-I-I. Thank you.